This is Comic Geek Speak, episode 1633 previews. Nice, Uniting the world's mightiest heroes. This is. I'm Brian Chrisman. I'm Adam Murdo. And I'm Chris Everly. Chris <laughs> Everly once again turning the opening <clears throat> credits into Dance Party A Go Go. Welcome to the show. This is our December previews catalog. We're going to go through for items shipping to stores mostly in February of 2017. Yes. All right. And as always, we have our preview shows. They are brought to you by the fine, fine folks at Discounts Comic Book Service. <clears throat> Go to dcbservice.com for all your pre-ordering needs. As always, whenever you pre-order from them any DC, Marvel, Dark Horse, or Image book, they are right away 40% off cover price. Most other publishers between 20 and 35% off cover price. And there are always extra special discounts, sometimes 45 50 60 even up to 75% off cover price. <clears throat> and they also offer some bundles where they put together a bunch of issues with a similar theme for a discount price. And continuing still, they have the any new DC or Marvel trade or hardcovers are 50% off. But this month, if you get any of the DC Rebirth titles, you get an additional 2% off for a 52% discount. Uh, Oh, Pansy, were they thinking of you? I highly doubt it. No one thinks of me in that that regard. But, uh, I mean, they offer shipping weekly, twice monthly, monthly. You can get bags and boards with them. We've used them for years. They're fantastic people, wonderful customer service, wonderful deals. So i always happy to have them sponsor episodes, discount comic book service, dcbservice.com. <laughs> I'm just laughing. I got a text from our future guest in this episode, and he sent me a nice text of a, I guess what's that, a little doggy and a little stuffed bird. Oh, wow. so cute. We'll get to that uh, gentleman a little bit later on in I the episode. Believe that to be Boo, the world's cutest dog. Oh, well, look at you knowing your memes. <laughs> I, know, I know my pet celebrities. <laughs> your pet celebrities. <laughs> Uh, well, <clears throat> one quick announcement since it's been a while since we, we've um, gathered here together. I want to mention we had a recent um, birthday, although he's not really necessarily on the show as much as he used to be. Sort of becomes the, I guess, the Chuck Cunningham of <laughs> Comic oh, He ascended to his bedroom <laughs> with his basketball and was never seen again. Yes, Mr. Kevin Moyer Ooh, yes. recently turned 50 years old on December 9th. My goodness. Yes. Yeah. So our old uh, good friend, we don't see him that often because he's very busy, but he's always invited to come on the show. He actually does respond sometimes because, of course, he of the famed Moon Knight uh, and Daredevil knowledge and just all around. Uh, well, Moon Knight's costume may be silver, but that birthday is pure gold. Oh, look, oh. look at you, Mr. Murdo. Yes, look at me. <laughs> there is no opposition Happy birthday, Kevin. Switch, all right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Happy yes. birthday, Kevin. Happy birthday, Kevin. Hope to get you back on the show sometime soon, perhaps in some sort of... 
trivial matter. We, we, we never know. We, we, we tease. <laughs> oh, how we tease here. All right, well, Chris, anything before we get started you want to talk about? Before we jump in, I know you have limited time as always, but uh, not as always. I'm sorry. I'll, I'll, I'll talk. I'll ramble on in the next comment. Let's just jump into the previous since my time is limited. All right. All so right. let's jump right into it. With And I will, of course, always use my pithy comments to, oh, this is a great discounted DCBSO. Mm-hmm. Let's start with Dark Horse. We depend on you for that, Brian. <laughs> if nothing else. Murd commence with the first OTR. Very well. The first thing in the catalog is also our first off-the-rack pick. It's the indie pick for the month of February. It's from Dark Horse, The Visitor. How and Why He Stayed. It's uh, the first issue of a five-issue miniseries written by Mike Mignola and Chris Roberson, art by Paul Grist, the United Kingdom's Paul Grist. And it is a Hellboy spin-offs miniseries. It uh, adds new wrinkles to the origin story of Hellboy. It's about a character who was dispatched to kill Hellboy shortly after he first arrived on Earth, and it's the story of uh, why he decided not to. So, interesting stuff there for Hellboy fans, and it looks like it's going to be a well-told story, even if you don't know that much about the character, because it's getting in with him at the ground floor. So, uh, we're going to uh, talk about that for our uh, Off the Rack episode covering the month of February. And uh, that issue, number one, is half off at DCBS only, $1.99. Now, Murd, quick query. Uh, I noticed the artist is Paul Grist uh, of Kane and Jack Statham. I've never read those books. Have you read any of his work? I have read the first issue of Jack Staff, and I have a few issues of Mudman. Um, okay. Yes, so, so I, I do know a thing or two about, uh, about his, his work. All right. Did you like Jack Staff, number one? Uh, yes, I liked it very much. Good. Came up a few unusual characters thrown in there, sampled from different genres. Like there was a Becky Burr girl reporter and Tom Tom the Robot Man and a, a character <laughs> that was kind of like a Hulk doppelganger. So some unusual Sounds things to me. there for Jack Staff to face off against. Speaking of uh, Hellboy in his universe and Mike Mignoli, he's got a couple things here. He's got on the next page, he's got Baltimore, the Red Kingdom, number one. And after that, Hellboy into the Silent Sea hardcover. Oh, yes, with Gary Gianni. Artwork. Wow, yes. Yeah, it's an OGN. So if you're a Hellboy <laughs> Mike Mignoli fan, this month's for you. Yeah, wow. That line so. from, from by Gianni looks fantastic. Yeah, my goodness. On the, on the ship with the – oh, wow, yeah. Oh, yeah, the daft. Wow. I didn't I just, woof. <laughs> yes. You're not kidding. Magnificent. <laughs> now, on page 46, I've heard a lot of things of the book Empowered. Has anybody read this book? It's, 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 I know it's got a cult following. Um, I have not. Are you guys I, first in it? I, I have heard of it. That's about the length of my knowledge on that, unfortunately. Yep. Well, our friend Ian, you know, he, he listed Adam Warren as one of his top five underappreciated creators. That's right. So he would probably have quite a bit to say about this one. But, uh, yeah, Adam Warren is definitely a, a manga-influenced creator. And Empowered, I've, I've read a couple of snippets here and there. It, it, it's humor-oriented, and it's, it's just humorous action, superhero uh, with a superhero bent. It's, it's sort of like a cross between, I don't know, the dirty pair and the tick. Okay. Hmm. Okay. So, yeah. Well, I have uh, a lot of faith in Ian's taste, so I may give that a shot. What else in Dark Horse, gentlemen? Uh, well, nothing else that I'm uh, too keen on. I'll quickly point on page 56. They're collecting the outstanding World of Tanks trade paperback that uh, uh, five-issue miniseries just currently I was going by Garth Ennis. Forget the whole video game background. This is another Garth Ennis war story, which means it doesn't get any better when it comes mm-hmm. to military comics. Uh, Chronicles, uh, a, a British tank crew fighting in uh, the hedgerows of France after the D-Day invasion and taking on you know, a, a lethal German panzer unit. Panzers mean tanks. And uh, again, 
broken record, but if it's I think something's great, damn it, I'm going to keep lauding it. Uh, you want a, a, just a damn fine military comic? World of Tanks, right there, page 56. Uh, page 61 has a collection of uh, Playboy cartoons, uh, Secret Snade, and uh, uh, Eric Nolan Wethington, please tell me if I'm pronouncing that incorrectly, the unpublished cartoons of Doug Snade. And on the next page, page 62, we've got um, an uh, autobiographical hardcover about uh, the uh, great Renaissance artist Caravaggio. Murd, I was waiting for you to pronounce that with bated <laughs> breath. <laughs> Magnificent. If there is a Renaissance artist who deserves his own comic, it would probably be he, because he was uh, he was a flamboyant character with a notoriously short temper, got himself into a, a good bit of trouble. So, yeah, I think he's uh, his life is one worthy of uh, treatment in uh, the graphic novel format. By um, one Milo Manara. Wow. Right, what about Star wow, Horse? Yeah. Anything? Nothing else. On on to uh, to DC then. Ah, uh, yes, to DC. Okay. Okay, page 71 is our second OTR. We're just bagging these OTRs out very quickly here. <clears throat> uh, Wildstorm number one. And I was told the minute I saw while Warren Ellis was writing it. I love the, the art by John Davis Hunt with the promo pages they're showing here. And it's basically all I need to, all I need to know is it's, it's Warren Ellis sort of reimagining Jim Lee's Wildstorm universe. I'm in. I mean, that's, that's all I needed to know, really. What are your thoughts on it, guys? Uh, well, it looks like uh, you know, it's cool to see uh, Ellis giving us his take on Wildstorm characters again, and this time uh, getting a chance to build the universe they're living in from the ground up, since DC seems to have uh, backpedaled from their uh, post-Flashpoint position that the Wildstorm characters are a part of the DC universe. Either that or this is uh, like some parallel Earth in the multiverse someplace uh, where the Wildstorm characters exist in a vacuum. Um, but yeah, uh, all the continuity uh, quibbles aside, I mean it's uh, it's a great creative team from the looks of it, and I'd like to see what uh, Ellis is able to do with these characters, having uh, getting a chance to uh, uh, reconstruct their lives, uh, you know, from from scratch. Yeah, I uh, never really got into Wildstorm at, at all, uh, so I mean, kind of curious about it, but uh, not really that knowledgeable on it. Uh, I do want to mention that it is also half off through DCBS, only $1.99. On the next page, the rebirth continues. We have Justice League of America Rebirth 1. Did you guys, when you read this solicitation, think Outsiders, the return of the Outsiders in a sense? It does like, remind me quite a bit of that. Yeah. Yes, Chris. Uh, good call. It has that vibe. So it's Batman, Black Canary, Killer Frost, the Ray, Vixen, the Atom, and with a question mark and exclamation point, Lobo? <laughs> Spin on the events of Justice League versus Suicide Squad. Steve Orlando writing, Ivan Race and Joe Prado uh, doing the art. That might be might be fun. Oh, but I'm looking forward to on page 74 is Batwoman Rebirth number one. Look at that Steve F. Oh my oh, God! That's, yeah, that's gorgeous. Written by Marguerite Bennett and James Tynan Fourth, art by Ben Oliver and Steve Epting, with cover by Steve Epting. Uh, they just uh, in the last uh, month they solicited uh, a two-issue uh, Detective Comics run, where this sort of is going to be the ground. The groundwork is laid for this story. I ordered that, and uh, I've always just loved the character. You know, of course, go back to the Silver Age, but when she was reimagined for Fifty Two. <laughs> And then when Greg Rucka got a hold of her, and just some amazing storytelling, great character, just loved this. And she's had her own book before. It, 
came and went, and, but... Uh, came and went and came and went. Yes. Um, happy to see it back again in the Rebirth line. We'll be definitely picking that up. I've already actually already placed my order this month as well. <laughs> oh, you early bird, you. Yes. Uh, Murd, page 75, the screams you, the Super Sons. Number one. Uh, yep, I will more likely than not be picking that up, Chris. <laughs> So it's the modern versions of, you know, Damien and the the <clears throat> pre-Flashpoint Superman son. Mm-hmm. So not uh, a hoax, not, a, not an imaginary story, unlike the no. original Super Sons. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I want to point out on page 78, I can't begin to express how good Aquaman has been, written by Dan Abnett. Um, right now they're, they're unfolding this magnificent story where uh, Black Manta is manipulating a war between Atlantis and the United States – First-rate uh, political intrigue, uh, geopolitics of the DC universe, uh, some of the best Aquaman I've read. I, I highly recommend this series. It's been outstanding right out of the gate. So high recommendation for that. Um, I want to mention other series I'm enjoying. Again, Batgirl and the Birds of Prey continues to knock out of the park every month. I think it's another one of the top uh, DCU uh, rebirth titles. Uh, page 85, Deathstroke by Christopher Priest, and the great Joe Bennett doing art with Mark Morales, and covers by uh, Bill Sienkiewicz. Look <laughs> wow, at that. yeah, how about that? Page 85, wow. So if you're a Priest fan and or Deathstroke fan, definitely recommend that. Um, what other DCU stuff is jumping out at people if they want to tout? I'm uh, quite behind my my reading and really have sort of sort of I had to pick and choose a lot of things. I even had to drop Wonder Woman because I haven't been reading it. So I wanted to oh, it's catch really up. good pants. Really I know that, good. But when they have art with number 16 by Bill Quist Evely, who did know that um, Sugar and Spike mm-hmm. with um, Keith Giffen, it's like, oh, that artwork was tremendous. So it's like, oh. But I think I'm going to hold off on that because I want to get caught up on all my other books before I start buying new things. By the way, Murray, turn to page 96. How do you feel about that image? Um, well, I'm, I'm definitely buying it. <laughs> Why don't you explain? It's, yeah, well, it's, it's Red Hood and the Outlaws, number seven, written by Scott Lobdell. And uh, the cover art is the Red Hood uh, training his gun at the back of Bizarro's head as uh, the latter sits there in a field sniffing a pretty flower. It's kind of a <laughs> – yeah, the composition is almost like a Rockwell image, but it's, it's, it's kind of like an of mice and men kind I of thing. I was just thinking of Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And the title of the story is The Hammersteinian, How Do You Solve a Problem Like Bizarro? <laughs> the Hammersteinian. Oh, my. How do you – all right, we got to think about it. How do you hold a square globe in your hand? <laughs> so finally, See, what other comic podcast you get serenaded like this? Come on. <laughs> oh, no charge fantastic. to the listener. <laughs> Speaking of Wonder Woman pants, again on page 104, I want to emphasize what a wonderful job Greg Ruck has been doing as he's returned to the character. What's great about this book is they're alternating. One issue a month, they're revisiting her origin, and the other – issue of the month is, is, a, is a story taking place in the present day. Both are excellent. Um, as you're a Wonder Woman fan, as we approach uh, the movie for her, and so forth, her anniversary, highest recommendation. I got a comment also on page 105. Mad Dog! <laughs> Wild Dog. Wild Dog, excuse me. I, I got mixed up there. But yes, good call anyway. Wild Dog Watch uh, triggered for uh, wow. Chris Carson and has a cybernetic eye number five. He's on Arrow right now, and uh, he's uh, now popping up in the comics. And that is a great-looking cover, is it not? That is. 
Oh, is, is Wild Dog on Arrow? Because I'm not current with Arrow. He's on Arrow? Yeah, he's part of... Oh, uh, wow. Yeah, I, I don't even know in what capacity. I've just seen him in some of the commercials. But he's part of a team of, I guess, uh, rookie vigilantes that yes. Arrow's been coaching, yes. mentoring. That's fascinating because when you think about it, Wild Dog was... He, they, they plugged into that 80s vigilante craze. Mm-hmm. He only, I think only had a handful of appearances uh, in, in, the, in the Copper Age. But... He had a miniseries, and I think he was yeah. in Action Comics Weekly for a while. That's correct. He was, created... he was in Action Comics Weekly. That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. It was created by Max Allen Collins, believe it or not. I don't believe it. Oh, of uh, no, uh, Road to Perdition fame. Yep, that, one. Yeah, that Max Allen Collins, yes. <laughs> As opposed yep. to the other one. <laughs> it's one of, I think it's one of Tom Hanks' greatest performances on film. Uh, anything else before we move to trades, gentlemen? Uh, page 106, Doom Patrol number 6 is the conclusion of the first story arc of this uh, very strange new series. So hopefully <laughs> things will be making a little more sense by then. Yeah, and I, I heard you in the, the, <laughs> last, the last episode. I, I, I have my... I'm getting the bundles from Half Off from DCBS, the Young Animal bundles, because they're half off. And I wanted uh, to read them. And I, I think I, I did read Doom Patrol 1. And like you guys, it's like... I think I'll wait till they're all collected before I start going any further. I think that's the right way to go. Yeah. Eric Nolan Wellington chimed in and said that the second issue uh, brings things together and makes them a little more coherent. Yeah, I mean, I'm behind my reading anyway, so that's, at this point, just get the trip. But half off, because I'm also interested in, you know, the, was that Mother Panic looks pretty good, and um, the Shade, the Changing Girl, so, yeah. Uh, Uh, Go ahead, Mark, I'm sorry. No, no, nothing, I'm just making noise. Go ahead, I just wanted to point out, if we're done with the single issues, um, some again, some great trades DC's coming out with. Uh, 122, 123, you know, Volume 1 of Batgirl Rebirth, Cyborg, Deathstroke by Priest, Harlequin by Amanda Cotter and Jimmy Palmiotti. Uh, page 125, uh, Aquaman Volume 8 by Dan Abnett. Justice League Power and Glory hardcover by Brian Hitch. I'm very excited about pages 126 and 127. They're reissuing the, the classic by the late, great Darwin Cook, Batman Ego, oh, yes. which is my first exposure to Darwin Cook as a reader, and other tales in a deluxe hardcover edition. If you've never read these stories, it's worth the hardcover. It's, it's spellbinding Darwin Cook art. Uh, Catwoman Saliga's big, big score, Batman Ego, and tales from Get Batman Gotham Knights, and the great solo miniseries, which featured a prominent, prominently featured a different creator each month. Uh... Look at that. On page 127, both of them, I'm sure, are peaked by this. Batman and Superman, World's Finest Comics, The Silver Age, yep. Volume 1. Look at that cover. I just, want to, I just want to eat apple pie after I see a cover like that. <laughs> and this is a series I always enjoyed thoroughly. Teen Titans by Jeff Johns. They did that in an omnibus treatment not too long ago. Now they're doing the, the sort of the larger soft cover book one format. If you've never read this series and you're a Teen Titans fan, I highly recommend this. It's immensely enjoyable. That's on page 127. And then on page 128, well, doesn't get much better than James Robinson doing the JSA, The Golden Age. Mm. This is a classic story being given the deluxe hardcover treatment. Mm-hmm. It's a past CGS book of the month. Yes. Uh, page 129, with the continuing to, to, to collect Peter David's uh, highly regarded Supergirl series. And then below that, Superman, The Golden Age Omnibus, Volume 4. If you want to spend $75, you can wait for the soft cover. Or get it half off through DCBS from like $37.50. There you go. <laughs> Even better. So these are these are these uh, omnibuses they're doing. Again, we've mentioned how they've kind of they're replacing, it seems, the Chronicle series. Uh, they're out they're beautiful editions. Uh, page one thirty. This is exciting. Zaytana by Paul Dini trade paperback. 
this is a series. It's so hard to find the back issues on this as a retail. I rarely see them, and they're collecting the whole thing. Uh, issues one through sixteen, Everyday Magic number one, and stories from DC Infinite Halloween special one and the DC Universe Rebirth Holiday special number one. Forty bucks. That's a great collection. I may get that. Above that, I continue with Wonder Woman by George Perez, Omnibus Volume Two. That classic series. Props to DC for a lot of great trades. Mm-hmm. What about Vertigo, gentlemen? Think jump out at you? Well, I'm always a fan of Astro City, and page 133, they've got the latest issue of that, which is about an old retired supervillain named Mr. Manta. Uh, who's, the front cover by Alex Ross shows him hanging out in a palm tree in the tropics someplace, wearing wings, or yeah, like manta wings made out of palm branches. So that, that, that image speaks to me. I, I never miss an issue of that series anyway, so got to get my music fix. And well, one of the one of the all-time great writers. I, if Danielle were here, I wanted to point this out in her name. Page one forty-two. Wow, that is a beautiful black and white <laughs> Nightwing statue uh, designed by Jim Lee. That is gorgeous. Eighty bucks. Uh, Limited edition of five thousand. He's twirling one of his batons. That is a that is a cool statue. So if you're into statues, that's one I'd recommend. Plus the black and whites aren't super super expensive. So right. uh, you guys ready for IDW or? Yep, IDW. Yep. All right. Now pants. I I gotta be effusive here in my praise of this company. And again, and I thought of you immediately. I'm, I'm gonna jump ahead a little bit because sure. again, my time's a limited, but. The artist editions they're doing this month, pantaloons. <laughs> How can you not be salivating? Well, I mean, what, there's yeah, salivating, yes, but you know, purchasing, you know, no. <laughs> I mean, look on page one eighty one. Jack Kirby, the uh, yeah. Forever People. Ah, mm-hmm. issues one, four, five, six, seven, and eight, with nearly all the pages scanned from the originals. That's in in immediately. That's impressive in itself. Getting all yeah. those originals, it's like, dear sweet lord. Absolutely, because sometimes, as you know, if they want to show you a complete issue, they'll, they'll sometimes they'll just put in like a photocopy of right, right, just a regular page for the completion's sake. And the next page, this is a direct market exclusive. David Stevens, the Rocketeer Artisan Edition. Oh, beautiful! You know, I only saw that movie for the first time maybe three or four years ago. I uh, I haven't seen it. Really? Yeah. Oh. Pants, you'd love it. Uh, no, I, I'm not saying it would. I just, you know, some things just fall off my radar. And what are you Understood. <laughs> I want to jump back to page 180. This is very exciting. Shane will be into this. Wow. Star yes. Wars Volume 1, the newspaper series from 1979 to 1984, written by Russ Manning, Steve Gerber, Don Christensen, Russ Helm, Arpa Russ Manning, and Alfredo Alcala, covered by Al Williamson. <laughs> I'm buying it. <laughs> <laughs> Holy mackerel. Wow. Ugh. That is exciting. Co-produced by Marvel and IDW. Mm-hmm. And then at page 179, this is really interesting. If you're a fan of the, of the history of the Old West, uh, this is a graphic novel about the life of Calamity Jane, who was a, a, a famous uh, – like a frontierswoman. She was a scout for the U.S. Army during the Indian Wars era. Uh she, she she was known for high for you know hard living. She was captured, uh, I thought, very compelling in the classic Deadwood series on HBO, 
uh, several years back. The actress who played her was magnificent. So I'm going to check this out too. Uh, I think this may have been a European book originally as I'm looking at it. Yes, it's presented in English for the first time ever. That looks fascinating. I love when they do history in, in comics. And Pants, I also wanted to jump back because I just thought the text was funny. On page 170, Star Trek The Gold 300-Page Spectacular, written by Dick Wood and Len Wein. I'm, I'm reading here. Created by writers and artists who had not seen the show often or parenthetically or at all. <laughs> and worked on – this is funny. Worked off of whatever publicity materials they get their hands on. The Gold Key comics are true 1960s gems. Needless to say, the end results were definitely unusual and very on track in some cases. A blonde Scotty. Spock kills. The Enterprise belches fire. <laughs> I, I did not know that about the comics. That's great. Oh, my Lunacy. God. <laughs> well, at least you're being honest up front with what you're, what you're getting. I, I appreciate that. <laughs> That's my fantastic. Goodness. Marketing. If you guys don't mind, I'm gonna just gonna belt out a couple things I want to recommend throughout the book. Is that okay? And then you can jump back and go through some well, of the companies. Cause... What if it's not okay? Then what are you gonna do? <laughs> well, if this wasn't a family program, he's an expletive <laughs> right now. But you know, I, I don't want to scare off the parents. Go. Um, a couple things I just wanted to mention. And again, I apologize to listeners that I have to depart, but family obligations call. Uh, page 188. Only one. Only one name matters here, and I'm in Rucka. All right, the old guard number one. Trapped in a no mortality without explanation, Andromeda of Scythia, Andy, and her comrades ply their trade for those who can find and afford their services. But in the 21st century, immortality is a hard secret to keep. And when you live long enough, you learn that there are many fates worse than death. Okay, it's Rucka doing a story that clearly involves political intrigue, which he is a master of. And then you have that spin of immortals acting as mercenaries in the 21st century. I cannot wait to read this. Art by Leandro Fernandez, who's in the Deadpool, Punisher Max, and the Discipline. Wow. That's extremely exciting. Any, any new Rucka book, I'm all over immediately. I also wanted to mention from Image, they are collecting in a deluxe hardcover uh, the first 15 issues of the Velvet series by the great team of Ed Brubaker and Steve Epting of Winter Soldier. If you love... If you love that story, this is Brubaker and Epting without any corporate oversight at all. This is their own creation. This is classic Cold War espionage. It's Steve Epting art, so it's it's completely breathtaking. I can't recommend uh, this series enough, and this is a way to get on the ground floor. I'm looking forward to getting this hardcover because Velvet has so many – like any good espionage, has so many layers of intrigue. I'm looking forward to reading it in one shot essentially. So definitely check out – that's on page 232, Velvet the Deluxe Hardcover Edition. And jumping back to page 203, Sex Criminals is returning after hiatus. Yes. Issue 16, which celebration enough, but double celebration, variant cover by Fiona Staples. <laughs> An XXX variant cover. Yes, it says, finally, saga artist Fiona Staples gets to draw something naughty. <laughs> so we're looking forward to that. Uh, that's Sex Criminals is one of the top titles. I've missed it. I'm looking forward to uh, its return. Uh and then just in terms of Marvel, I just wanted to shout out, we, we mentioned, um, well, I'll let Murr do the, the, as only he can, talk about the, our third OTR uh, from Marvel. But um, I, I just want to emphasize again that some of the ongoing Marvel titles I'm reading, like Mighty Thor, uh, Invincible Iron Man, Infamous Iron Man, where Doom is now taking the armor, which has been great. Uh, 
all great books. Captain America, Steve Rogers remains very compelling and creepy because you know it's Cap being mind controlled by the Red Skull, and, that, and they, they're, they're I'm going with that. They didn't they didn't cut that short. I have not read Inhumans vs. X Men one, so I can't comment on that story yet. We'll t- we'll save that for a comic talk. Um, and then we go and going back to the trades. Page one twelve. This is the Deadly Hands of Kung Fu Omnibus Volume Two. If you love black and white Marvel, I got the first omnibus. Get the second. <laughs> Classic 70s. Love that kung fu craze. And um, on page 119, again, the David Walker, Sanford Green, Power and Iron Fist series is one of Marvel's top titles. Uh, if you loved the Power and Iron Fist vibe from the 1970s and 80s, if you loved uh, the Luke Cage Netflix show, and if you're looking forward to the Iron Fist show. Is that January, by the way, Pants? Uh, Iron Fist on Netflix? Sorry, I don't have the information in front of me here. All right, fair enough. But I think it's coming out soon. Definitely check out the series. Again, highest recommendation. Um, Page 127 is interesting. Wolverine versus the Marvel Universe. March 2017. (laughs) Iron Fist, thank you. I knew you'd be clutch there, brother. Um, This is interesting because it has different... In the early days of Wolverine's popularity, Marvel would place him in other titles, maybe maybe his sales were dipping, to have him confront different Marvel icons, like the classic Captain America Annual 8, Daredevil 249, Incredible Hulk 340. Uh, my favorite, though, was Spider-Man vs. Wolverine number 1, written by James Owsley, now known as Christopher Priest. We've mentioned this book on the air before. Fantastic Cold War espionage story, not a typical superhero story. It's Spider-Man and Wolverine who end up, due to various circumstances, in East Berlin. So it's even before the, this was written before the, the, the Berlin Wall fell. Uh, highest recommendation. This is where I first was exposed to Owsley, later priest, and started to become a real fan of his writing. So I highly recommend that. And again, I apologize for my machine gun pace here. <laughs> um, I also wanted to point out, on page 262 of your Three Stooges fan... For American Mythology Productions, they're doing all new original stories. The actual likenesses and personalities of the Three Stooges. So that might be fun, especially if you're a Stooges fan. When was the last time there was a Three Stooges comic? I don't know. So that's uh, that's an exciting prospect. Um, I also wanted to point out... Damn it, now I can't find it. Pants, I'm failing you miserably here. This will all be edited out. You take away my wild pig medal of valor. Ah, here it oh. is. Two things from Boom. Boone, i got to give Boom props for cashing in as much as they can on their Planet of the Apes license, because now we're getting on page 294, Planet of the Apes Green Lantern number one. Oh, my God. That one cover with the homage to Showcase 22 is awesome. Yes, it is. Oh, oh my God. And, and, the, and the homage to the classic scene where Heston, you know, Oh. I, I think I can spoil a movie from 1968 where he comes across the Statue of Liberty at the end, uh, and it looks like Cornelius is going to be the Green Lantern. I cannot wait to read this. <laughs> oh, my God. I didn't even notice those variant covers. I just said, yeah. oh, Green Lantern and Planet of the Apes. I'm going to buy this. <laughs> so, but, yeah, that, that variant based on Showcase 22, that, that is pretty darn sweet. That's tremendous. Wow. And Murd- I will leave with this comment, and this I've thought of you immediately on page 297. Jim Henson's The Power of the Dark Crystal, number one of 12. Mm. 
This, hope... this is apparently an authorized licensed sequel. Oh, yes. Yes. To the movie. Written by Cy Spurrier, who has uh, written some fairly well, delightfully strange things for comics uh, within the past few years. I think he, he brought a six-gun gorilla, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> so, and I hope you were thinking of Shane and uh, Brian Deemer, too, Chris, because they're also Absolutely. big fans of Henson and uh, The Dark Crystal. Sometimes Shane will do his, his best Skeksky impersonation. <laughs> so that's uh, – the art looks beautiful. Kelly and Nicole Matthews. Um, I haven't seen that movie in years. I've got to watch it again. But if you're a fan of Henson, a fan of The Dark Crystal, this is where you're going to get Dark Crystal as an official licensed sequel. So, boy, that, 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 that J. Lee Jun Chung cover is gorgeous. Oh, my God, on page 297. Um, and one more thing I'm going to mention, then I, I must bid a fond farewell to my brothers-in-arms here. On page uh, 323 from Dynamite, John Carter, The End. John Carter, of course, Warlord of Mars. What matters here is co-written by Brian Wood. <laughs> there you go. Yep. So they're revisiting John Carter as a much older man, sort of living in, in seclusion and retirement with uh, his love, uh, Deja Thoris. Brian Wood has proven to me again and again over the years that he can write any genre in this medium and make it compelling. So I've never really written, read much John Carter at all, but I'll tell you right now, I'm reading this book. So... I'm excited about that. My friends, I will leave the rest of the episode in your safekeeping as I must depart for familiar duties. And uh, I bid you both a very heartfelt and fond from her. Before I leave, I'm going to have one more tug here on my Mexican <laughs> Fanta orange soda. Drink I salute you both, Chris. gentlemen. Prost. <laughs> ah, real sugar. You can't beat it. Mm -hmm. Amen. To <laughs> my friends, we shall talk soon. And I bid you both a fine evening. All right. Farewell, brothers. Bye. Bye. Will, Good night. Take care. Bye, Kunri. Bye-bye. All right. Well, thank you again, Chris, for your quick and lightning round input there, if, if you will. So I guess we were sort of in IDW. Do you have anything else to finish in D.C.? Or? Uh, no, I, I, I was pretty much done with D.C. Okay, so we're just going to go on from here and... Uh, I really had only one IDW thing that I wanted to throw out there okay. for uh, Art and Franco fans out there. Yes. Uh, on page 159, we've got Revolution, oh yeah. <laughs> so, this is Art and Franco's chance to uh, play with all the cool Hasbro toys. So they got Transformers and Micronauts and ROM and a few guest stars from G.I. Joe all thrown into this one one-shot, which loosely ties into the Revolution crossover event. I like that. Art and Franco playing with toys. That, that, there you go. That's all you really need to know about that. <laughs> yep, it's a believable image. Yes. All right. I mean, there's just so many other things, so many of the licensed things with, with IDW that, you know, just Star Trek, My Little Pony, Gem, my goodness, uh, Back to the Future, Star Trek, which, of course, that wonderful gold key collection. <laughs> my goodness. That's tempting. Yes. I'm not even that big a Star Trek fan, but just the <laughs> weirdness of a bunch of people who've barely ever seen the show, if they've seen it at all, trying to make oh, comics about fun. it. That's funny. Well, I mean, because I guess at, at that time, you either watched it when you when it was on or you didn't see anything about it. You know, at that time, back in, back in the day. Okay, anyway. That's true. You, can't ex you couldn't exactly YouTube it. That's correct. If you got the gig. <laughs> or stream it. All right. So I guess uh, on to Image Comics from there? To Image. Sure. Do you have anything that – now, since you – are you still, like – 
skimming your new books you get and everything goes in a pile for the next 15 years at this, uh, at, at this point? Sometimes yes, sometimes no. Okay. It seems, I, I get laxer and laxer about that as time passes. Okay. Yeah, more and more I just kind of say, okay, here it is. I catalog it. You know, I keep well, track sure. of all the things that I have. You know, I've got a running database, but I don't always crack the books to find out what's going on inside unless it's something that seems really interesting to me. Okay. Just because, I mean, there's just so many things that I'm not getting right now. It's hard for me to, to discuss. But for, but for Image, though, this month there are some cool things. They do have the 25-cent issues for a, several of their books for the Anabrush of Image comics, mm. like Invincible 133, Walking Dead 163. They're 25 cents, Outcast 25. You know, so go through the Image um, section. There are a couple of 25-cent issues. Of course, you mentioned... Sex on page two hundred three, sex criminals. But on on page two hundred two, across from it, revival forty seven, the last issue of the series. Oh wow! Tim Seeley, Mike Norton, Jenny Frizen covers. Now I have been getting every single issue of this every month because I'm supporting Norton. Mm-hmm. But I must admit, this is one of those things I have just not been keeping up on. I think I last read somewhere. Maybe up to issue eight or nine, but I just, it's like, you know, things happen and it just never, I wanted to support Norton and keep buying the issues. So now I feel as though I need to have like a binge. Because I've been known to do like that's like binge comics together mm-hmm. to get ready for the finale here. Um, and I, mm-hmm. I wish I could find it online, but I believe Mike has said there was some sort of, oh gosh, um, incentive. Where you can be put into the final issue hmm. for for readers. So I, I, I I'm trying to find that right now, but oh, uh, wow. um, I gets himself drawn into Jamal Eigel's Molly Danger, and suddenly he wants to be everywhere. Bloody <laughs> dog. So I'm, I'm gosh, I'm sorry. I'm trying to find it, but I can't find that right now. But I saw Mike posted something like that on on on. Ah, why don't want to go to the old the old Facebook and look up that Mister Mike Norton and see what he's got going on there because I believe that's where I saw them. But anyway. Revival is ending with issue 47, and that's, I was quite surprised by that because I haven't been keeping up on it. But uh, So if you're going to do this binge, are you going to try and dig up all of the uh, preceding 47 issues or 46 issues and read them, or are you just going to buy trades and read them? No, 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 no. I, I have the issues. I just have to, you know. Locate uh, them? Locate them. I, I have a general idea of where they are. They're in probably a... 20 to 25 foot uh, <laughs> square area, but it's like, oh, there's several thousand comics to go through, but that's not why you called. Anyway, was there anything else that um, caught your eye with uh, with Image? I mean, so many, you know, ongoing books and that are going for quite some time, you know. Uh, yes, but Image, I'm not sure Image more than Marvel doesn't deserve the title House of Ideas these days. Okay. So many interesting things that they are doing across so many genres. Um, let's see, page 190 and 191, to celebrate Black History Month, Image is releasing something called Black History in Its Own Words, in hardcover, a product of uh, one Ronald Wimberley, and it's basically an illustrated collection of quotations from uh, famous African Americans, mm-hmm. like, uh, like a headshot of each one with uh, a quotation uh, sort of drawn into the panel. So that's, that's a cool project. Uh, among those 25-cent books that you mentioned, yes. Brian, um, I, I want to draw special attention to Invincible number 133. And again, I'm sure Ian would uh, want me to <laughs> do that. Uh, but it's the beginning of a 12-part arc called The End of All Things. And uh, Invincible, at the end of that 12-part arc, will go the way of Revival. 
and it will no longer be published. So yeah, for I, 25 cents, you can get in on the ground floor for the beginning of the end. I, I did see about that as well, yes. So that's a big deal for Invincible fans, and that, that series will then become finite, and then maybe we can finally go back and read it again or, or try – well, take another shot at reading it as yeah. a book of the month uh, follow-up just I, to see if maybe we can be more impressed than we were by the first volume and see why the series has lasted as long as it has. I did go a little further than that, I, and I have a couple of the books in, collect, in collected edition. I, I have read maybe the first 30 or so issues, and it was quite enjoyable. But again, just one of those things just – I know you hear um, Chris at all the time, you know, just not enough time to uh, yeah. see all you, you want to see. Tell me about it. <laughs> see, pages 196 and 197, our friend Gabe Hardman is uh, writing and drawing a horror one-shot called The Belfry. It looks like he's uh, channeling his inner Sinkevich here based on the uh, sample <laughs> art. It's probably going to involve bats or bat-like creatures in I, some way. I would certainly think so. Um... Yeah, and so that that gets us through the uh, front part of the book where all the new stuff is being introduced. Um, yeah, that's probably all I'm going to have to say about Image from the looks of it. Okay. So now on to um, on to Marvel next. Uh, yep, I guess so. All right. Now you wanted to mention uh, the um, off the rack choice from Marvel while we oh, get started here. Well, that 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 uh, that that's a little. F- it's actually to the back of the Marvel catalog, okay. the one that we ultimately chose. But yeah, at the beginning of the Marvel catalog are a few things we also considered as off-the-rack picks. Uh, Marvel is launching a few new uh, – and as, as usual, they're uh, – well, okay. So the, the, one of them is a miniseries. The other two are ongoings. But they're based on characters from Daredevil's world, probably Netflix series inspired. Um, but yeah, it's a, a Kingpin series and uh, in which uh, the Kingpin returns to New York and tries to get back into legitimate business, even hires himself a young uh, PR person try and get himself back into the city's good graces. Um, Electra goes to Vegas and uh, faces off against Arcade at uh, the beginning of her series. And then there's a five-issue Bullseye miniseries written by Ed Brisson and uh, art by Guillermo Sana. Uh, Bullseye goes down to South America and gets into trouble down there. So there you go. Three uh, series involving characters from Daredevil's world uh, by uh, lesser-known creative teams. And all three of those titles are half off at DCBS. Good to know. And the Monsters Unleashed crossover event continues to rampage across the Marvel Universe in the uh, dead of winter in February. Uh, Does anybody, I guess this is more of a question for anybody else out there, does anybody get confused by all these dots, like like dot MU or, you know, dot... 1.1, 1.5 1.1, from Marvel it's been doing recently. It just it shouldn't confuse a math major. Well, no, but it means like for as, for as cataloging goes, it's like, well, here's issue well, 1.45. You know, what? Clearly it goes what? between number one and number two in I, the series. I, well, Even though MU isn't a number, technically. Right, but it's, it's just, I don't know, it just sort of rubs me the wrong way. But that's my problem. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, well, it. And I'm just plain not buying any of those uh, .mu things. <laughs> yeah, but, nor am I. Uh, yeah. The Avengers series, though. I mean, uh, with Mark Wade and Barry Kitson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're buying those decimal uh, issues, aren't actually, you? Actually, no, I'm not. You should be. Because it, it's, it's, it's very much like what they did with JLA Year One, except they're I doing know, it with the Avengers. Know, Cap's Kooky Quartet. <laughs> Kooky Quartet, yeah. I know, I know it's, it's uh, Wade and Kitson, and you, know, you, you, can't, you really can't go wrong with that combination. You mentioned JLA Year One. I, I love their work on like, the Planet Krypton one-shot from way back when. Oh, yes. Um, but it's yeah, one of my just, favorite single issue comics of all time too. Yes, and I own one of the pages from that. I Batman and Captain Kane. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but yeah, I'm just buying so little Marvel stuff because I, I'm feeling, you know, like overwhelmed with so, so many things. You know, I'm, I'm getting, I am getting uh, the Jessica Jones, and I heard you talk about issue one. I, I get to read that because I wanted to go back and read all of Alias because I read the first um, five issues of Alias, and I actually have the rest of the issues, and I actually know where those are. And it, again, it's just a matter of just. <laughs> Time and time, you know, because binging time. seems to be the thing seems today. <laughs> so it's, it's a precious commodity for people in our respective lines of work at Christmas time. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I actually saw something in the sky today that was bright and orange, and I was wondering, what is that thing in the sky that is illuminating the? the, the, the <laughs> it's a mass of incandescent gas. Yeah, well, I don't like know what the heck. I, I, had to, I had to put on some dark glasses because it was so bright. I don't know what that what that thing in the sky was. I haven't seen it in quite some time. Were you afraid it was World War Three? I was quite afraid it was World War Three. Um, but other than you know, I'm getting uh, a mighty Thor. Uh, I don't see actually a Silver Surfer issue solicited this month. And it's I'm, behind schedule by quite a bit. Okay, I'm getting the unworthy Thor, but there's very little Marvel that I'm getting. Uh, I mean, I know there's some good things out there, but this seems to be so much. Mm. And, you know, I, I can't keep up with all this stuff here. So I, I'm sorry, listeners, if I'm not helping out with your Marvel choices, but. Um, and, are, I mean, what are, what are you doing since you're not necessarily reading all this stuff right yeah. now? Well, your feelings of overwhelm are certainly understandable. Marvel's M.O. has always been to flood the market with product. Yeah. And they continue on in that in that vein even now. But, uh, yeah, things that I'm getting. I'm getting Unworthy Thor also. So um, that, that's uh, that five-issue miniseries. Yes. Uh, let's see. Uh, the Clone Conspiracy miniseries. I've been buying that. None of the tie-ins, just like the five-issue main thing, just uh, for nostalgia's sake. And also because it's an old Dan Slott is doing something interesting with uh, the revived uh, Jackal. Just, uh, he's styling himself as the new uh, modern god of the undead. That's why he wears the uh, Anubis mask. Okay, okay. Um, and he's just uh, resurrecting a bunch of uh, Spider-Man villains. <laughs> and uh, you know some characters we haven't seen in a while. Uh, let's see, new Wasp series happening there. Slapstick miniseries. Not buying either of those. Uh, page sixty-three. Uh, Thunderbolts number ten. This is a forty-page issue. Um, it's uh, uh, Zemo is back in the picture, and he's uh, bringing back the Masters of Evil. Which, of, and of course, the Thunderbolts diverged evolutionarily from the Masters of Evil back mm-hmm. in nineteen ninety-six. And uh, there's even a backup story written by Kurt Busiek with art by Mark Bagley, the original Thunderbolts Team Supreme, contributing to Thunderbolts number 10. There you go. So cannot – you know, I've actually been buying that series anyway because Thunderbolts, to it, it's it's not quite with me – it's not quite to me what the Justice League is to Shane, uh, whereas I would uh, – you know, buy it even if it were a crap on a cracker, as Shane likes to say. <laughs> I do have Standards. some discrimination uh-huh. there. I refuse to buy the Fight Club uh, take on it because that was just taking the title and slapping it onto a completely re- unrelated premise, which I thought was, well, not cricket at all. Okay. I also didn't approve of uh, the uh, Peter Milligan and Mike Allred X-Force continuing from the old series' number and title because it's it wasn't at all the same concept. When they changed it to Ecstatics, I was much more in favor of that. Okay. Uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, this is definitely much more the original formula Thunderbolts. I've been buying every issue of this Jim Zub written series, and I'm certainly going to buy number 10 because it's got the original creative team back in the saddle again. Uh, well, uh, page 71, Unbeatable Squirrel Girl, number 17. Great uh, Superman number one homage <laughs> cover yes. there. She's the flying squirrel now. <laughs> oh, she you don't fly. say. Nothing can stop da, her da, 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 da. Uh, Let's see, other stuff, other Hope stuff. Hope smokes. 
And now, here's for something we hope you'll really like. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> is June Foray still around? She is still alive, yes. Wow. She is in her 90s, but she is alive. Um, okay, so paging through a bunch of stuff here. Um, then we get into the Star Wars books. And, you know, that is uh, that is where we find our Marvel off-the-rack pick. There we go, okay. And that's on page 98 and 99. It's the first issue of a five-issue miniseries starring Darth Maul. Mm. All right, Cullen Bunn is writing it, and Luke Ross is doing the art cover by Rod Reis. And uh, so it's uh, Marvel dipping into something having to do with the prequel timeline, which they haven't done that much of so far. But uh, it's uh, probably the biggest fan favorite character to come out of that series of films. And he's getting uh, something akin to an origin treatment, I believe. Darth Maul's time as apprentice to Darth Sidious has long been cloaked in shadows, but at last we will reveal his tale of revenge. So if not his origin, at least something of his early days. And uh, I don't think since... uh, since Dark Horse, around the time these movies were being released, I, was, I think to recall there was a Ron Mars-written Darth Maul miniseries in those days. Okay. Now we're getting something for the Marvel, the second Marvel age of Star Wars comics, and Cullen Bunn is writing it, and we will discuss it on Comic Geek Speak as an off-the-rack pick. Very good. Then moving on into some trade collections. Uh, let's see. Of course, there's some Deadpool things. When aren't there some Deadpool things? <laughs> Uh, boy, are there ever Deadpool things. Uh, let's see, a fifth volume of Unbeatable Squirrel Girl. That's on page, uh, 116. Uh, Power Man and Iron Fist, volume two. This is the current series as written by David F. Walker, art by Sanford Green. Uh, The Avengers, The Initiative, The Complete Collection, volume one. So this is a collection of the super team book literally called Avengers the Initiative that spun out of the Civil War miniseries. Mm-hmm. Uh, written by Dan Slott and Christos Engage. Uh, it was about uh, a training program for up-and-coming superheroes uh, in the wake of the Registration Act as uh, the U.S. government tried to establish an official government-sanctioned superhero team for each of the 50 states. And so this was all taking place at Camp Hammond, a facility named after Jim Hammond, the original Human Torch. Uh, uh, and it was some really interesting, odd uh, Marvel Universe material because it involved some strange characters. Uh, Slapstick was kind of a prominent figure okay. in this series. Uh, the Bengal from, from the Daredevil comics of the 80s and also a few original characters that were thrown into the mix. Um, yeah, so it was uh, – yeah, it, it was a good series. I, I did not miss a single issue of it. And now it's uh, getting collected in trade. So I definitely recommend Avengers The Initiative. Uh, that's on page 120. Uh, we've got a trade of some uh, early Cloak and Dagger stuff from the 80s on page 122, all of it written by uh, one of Chris's favorite creators, Bill Mantlo. Uh, and across from that on page 123, some uh, Iron Fist stuff collected. Iron Fist, the Book of Changes trade paperback, again, in anticipation of the upcoming Netflix series with that character. Um, oh, where? Okay. X-Factor Epic Collection. Um, that's on page 128, and that's a collection of the early – it's the early appearances of X-Factor and also a couple of uh, cameos from uh, – having to do with the resurrection of Jean Grey. So you've got the Avengers uh, number 263 and Fantastic Four number 286, and then straight into the first nine issues of X-Factor plus the first annual and some other goodies as well. So the beginnings of the X-Factor team. Seen there, and the same thing happening on page 129 with X-Force, and on page 130 with Excalibur, my favorite mutant team. You know, some Claremont and Alan Davis stories, fantastic stuff, some of my favorite comics ever. Uh, and then the New Mutants on page 131. These epic collections are really getting excited over here. <laughs> 
Okay, and that uh, takes us to the end of uh, Marvel Trades. All right. So now we go to the rest of the book. Uh, but before we get to that, we're going to start out um, talking to Mr. Dave Dwanch from Action Lab about uh, many things, not least of which is his new ongoing book, Infinite Seven. So here's Dave. All right. Now joining us on the line is Mr. Dave Dwanch. Welcome back to the show, Dave. How are you doing? It has been far too long, Pants. Far too long. How are you? I'm fine. What do you mean far too long? We've been on the show that we've seen you. We, we, we both saw you in New York. In New York, yeah. Yeah, you celebrated my honeymoon with me. Yes. That was amazing. <laughs> Congratulated you on the recent nuptials. Yes. How, how's that yeah. going for you? Still married? <laughs> uh, still married. Still married. <laughs> doing, doing well. well she's, she's getting used to the comic book thing, but, uh, <laughs> but it's been great. <laughs> Well, for those of you who don't know, Dave Dwanch has been, good gosh, he's been a friend of ours for a long time. I have you on an episode of ours way back in July of 2006 as a conversation. We've known you at least ten and a half years, if not longer. That's and right. Probably our trip to San Diego then. Yes, actually. and as a bonus, you are, by my visual looking here, the only person to have not one, but two sketches hanging in our studio. Ah, uh, wow. Wow, that is now you're dating me. See, I mean, well, you know, now I, I mean, don't talk about our dating. Yeah, it's a whole different story, here, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so yeah, we uh, we've known each other for quite some time. I, we've known each other since before I started Action Lab with the guys. Yes. I mean, oh, yeah. Uh, you know, we 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 blame you guys for Action Lab more than anything. Um, <laughs> we shoulder that. Yeah. Lead. Without without Super Show, that would have never happened. Well, refresh the listeners uh, about Action Lab and your position and title at Action Lab. Uh, I'm the uh, president uh, of marketing and development for Action Lab. So I'm the Ooh. guy that, that uh, I, I started out as creative director for the company uh, years and years ago, and uh, they moved me into the top spot. And then um, I started working uh, in development, trying to get some of these uh, projects made into movies and TV shows and stuff like that. So... Um, so yeah, it shifted a little bit, but I'm still the guy that says, uh, yay or nay to books and I get to find all the cool stuff to print. So, uh, it's, it's a lot of fun. Excellent. Now, when we first knew you, I guess you were doing mostly, uh, like independent stuff and uh, I believe special ed was special, the, book of the day. When special we first ed. Met you. That's correct. Do you, uh, hey, you guys are crazy. You, you, you guys are taking me back to a dark place. <laughs> yeah. Special <laughs> education. And actually... I am the proud owner of, again, not one, but two original covers to that series. Oh, wow. Well, yeah, you know, it's so funny. I started out as, uh, like, a kind of a writer-artist doing comedy stuff. I, I, I never really uh, dabbled much past that. And then I just kind of realized that I, I was a storyteller more than I was. Uh, so, so I was just as comfortable, like, behind the, the keyboard as I was behind the drawing board. So I just started writing more and, and, uh, and moved uh, I don't want to say onwards, upwards, but yeah, I mean, but that that book, that was like the first thing I did back in 2004 is when I started that book, man. It's crazy. Um, but yeah, 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 that's, a, that's a, a great book. That's what got me noticed with uh, Super Real Graphics, who then, uh, Jason, who was running that company, merged with Action Lab to form Danger Zone and so on and so forth. It's just a, it's a weird, small world that we live in, you know? Yeah. Yeah, uh, Murd, actually, the, the covers I own are uh, number one, which is an homage to um, all the um, Giant Size X-Men number one. Okay. 
and then cover two, which is an homage to Adventure 247, the first Legion. So I got those. Those are the covers right. that I have. You know, I, I, you, you, bring, you, you brought me back to that, and it's so funny because uh, for Infinite Seven, the new book I'm doing, uh, it's totally a, a riff on, on 80s action movies. Mm-hmm. And every uh, issue has a, an action movie poster variant. And uh, now I'm like, wow, I really haven't changed that much in, in uh, 12 years, <laughs> have I? I'm still doing the same crap. <laughs> The important thing is you're doing it well, Dave. Yeah, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Yeah, we're, we're uh, you know, 2017 is going to be a huge year for Action Lab. Like, 2016 was the, the best so far, um, but the, the amount of books that we have coming out in 2017 and the quality of those books are, are really amazing. I'm, I can't wait to, you know, like drop that on the world. It's going to be amazing. Yes, Mr. Marketing Man there. And you mentioned Infinite Seven. Now, how's that for a nice little segue? <laughs> Uh, because in this current issue of previews uh, from the Action Lab Danger Zone line, Danger Zone. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we have Infinite Seven Number One, written by some hack named Dave Dwanch. Yes, yes, uh, yeah. I uh, I love 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 uh, like eighties action movies. It's kind of just what I grew up on, and, and uh, uh, there was a. A rumor going around about uh, James Bond a while back that basically all the all of the James Bonds exist in, the, in a shared universe. You know, it, it, like James Bond himself is a title uh, that's passed down from agent to agent. And I just thought, oh, that's a, that's such a cool idea and a cool concept that I know they're never going to do anything with. Um, and you know me, Pants. I'm a huge DC fan too. So I'm a, I'm a fan of like legacy stuff, right? Mm-hmm. You know, like when the mantle of the bats passed down to to Dick Grayson just for a little bit, and you're like, man, that's that, like to me that was the best thing about Batman back in the day. Um, and now I, I feel like you, you, you can't get away, from, you know, with that. You can't kill Spider-Man for for too long, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of wanted to do something that, that merged all of those things that I loved about comic books and like put it in a in an action espionage setting so it was, it was one of those things where um basically there's there's a, a an assassin's guild uh, and the only way to to join the guild itself is to kill one of the members to become one of the members um to kind of prove that you're that much of a badass right so um so it's got a little bit of like Piers anthony on a pale horse in there it's got the james bond thing going on um Agent Seven has never been uh, killed. It's it's a crotchety old kind of Sean Connery character. Because um, <laughs> in my mind, uh, even though I love the concept that that all the James Bonds are in the same universe, my James Bond was always Sean Connery, so he's going to stay that way in the book. Um, it's it's a lot of fun. It's it's really like over the top. Like if you like like Danger uh, Danger Girl and uh, and just James Bond and, and X Men stuff. I mean, I, I've never really written a team book before. Um, so this was, uh, it, it presents its own challenges. You know, you have to have action beats, you know, uh, at least once per issue, there's gotta be some kind of big thing that, you know, uh, it's almost like the, the window dressing needs to be there in every, in every, uh, issue. So, uh, it's been fun to try and get that, those big action moments in there and still try to actually have a story, you know? Um, but I, I really like what I'm doing with it. Um, there's, like I said, it's Infinite Seven. Is there are seven members of the Assassins Guild, um, and each one is kind of an archetype. So you'll you'll uh, you'll notice a Bruce Lee, yes, uh, <laughs> kind of a commando. There's a commando, Ar- Arnie Commando, um, <laughs> a Snake Plissken, um, and it's cool because I get to like mine from all of these old movies and 
you know, uh, it's it's not like I I would never say that I'm like stealing the characters, but I'm I'm heavily influenced by these old movies, uh, and I get to merge them all together in something kind of like League of Extraordinary Gentlemen in a way. Yeah. Okay, I can I can see that. Now, uh, talk about the artists on the book. Oh, Arturo Mesa. He I got lucky. You know, you know, one of the perks. The, the guy at Action Lab that gets to see everything is I get to see these phenomenal artists come through. And um, he sent me a Batgirl submission. He was just kind of shopping around, and uh, uh, I fell in love with his work. Uh, he he only pencils. Those are pencils in the book. I know I sent you guys a PDF to look at. But, yes. Um, it's, it's pencil work. And then my colorist, uh, Geraldo Filho, he colors right over his pencils. And you could not tell. They're such a good team that uh, the finished product just looks like finished, beautiful artwork. Um, yeah, I, yeah did, I, I did not know that that was not inked. You just mentioned that. I'm looking at it right now. I, I, I did not know that. <laughs> and now that you do, you can look back at you can look at it, and some of like the action scenes, you'll see like a grit to it, and you're like, oh, man, it's gritty because it's pencil, and you, you don't even think about it until you, you, you know it's pencil. But, uh, yeah, I'm super stoked. And those guys are nuts. Like... I'll, I'll write a scene where, you know, they're in a kind of a bat cave um, trophy room and, uh, you know, I'm writing the scene with dialogue and, and scene direction. And then I go back and I look at the scene and they've crammed it with so much cool pop culture reference that whoever's reading the book, if you're a fan of like 80s, 90s, um, you know, action flicks, you're going to find a ton of stuff uh, in there that's just going to keep your eyes moving. It's, it's awesome. Now, I... I... I mean, let me go ahead and actually read the actual solicitor that's enlisted in previews here, if you don't mind, sir. Oh, sure. Infinite Seven Number One New Ongoing Series. For centuries, a secret world government has employed the Infinite Seven, the world's greatest assassins, to do their dirty work. The only way to become one of their members is to prove your worth by killing one of their members. But what happens when Anthony Zane, a teenage boy from the suburbs, does just that? Now, I, this, this last sentence, I don't know if writes, but this is, this is pretty heady stuff here. He goes, action hero archetypes are reimagined in what is sure to be the blockbuster series of the year. Boy, you're not taking any, <laughs> any changes, <laughs> I, are you? <laughs> hey, you know, I, uh, I wrote that. You uh, did. I can, I can write some catchy stuff. I'm the director of marketing. <laughs> um, well, you know, and that's the thing, like, like uh, and it's... It's crazy that I'm, I'm launching it. I, I actually wanted to launch it in July. I wanted it to be like a blockbuster-type movie okay. experience for people. Um, and I've been working so – we've been working really quietly on this book. Like, we are, we're already on issue five, um, and wow. I'm writing issues six and seven right now. We're, like, way ahead. Um, and that's just by design. I wanted to do a monthly ongoing series, which I've never done before. I've always been the short-sighted, you know, four-issue and done kind of guy. Um, but the story is so big. I mean, for centuries, there has been this group. So I get to mine so much. Um, there's a Denzel Washington training day character, is, and, and his, uh, his code name <laughs> is Washington. Um, but, but George Washington was a member of the Infinite Seven after he was president. I have all of this crazy, like, weird alternate history stuff going on for Infinite Seven that people are going to be, you know, really, really stoked on. It's going to be cool. Um, but, yeah, I actually believe it. I think people are going to be blown over by it like like i don't think there's anything on the market quite like it i mean um it's fun it's dark uh it's it's a thrill ride you know it's uh, and it's got characters that you think you know but but uh 
as the series is going to go on, we'll we'll prove you wrong every step of the way. It's mm-hmm. you know, I, issue four is like a huge shocker and huge reveals, and um, yeah, I cannot wait. Well, that's now. Well, I'm, you're combining two of my favorite topics: George Washington and '80s action films. <laughs> saw him in all the way. Let me tell you, <laughs> I'm more of a Martha Washington guy myself. But <laughs> Well, I, I see that through through DCBS, when you pre-order the first issue, it is half off cover price, only $1.99, and you would get a free signed and numbered print. Yes, yeah. So I'm doing these uh, these old school lobby cards. They look like, do you remember when you used to go to the theater back in the, the 70s? Of course. Like, and you get those lobby cards. Uh-huh. Um, it, it looks like an old school lobby card with the Infinite Seven on it. Um, it's got the, you know, the, the Action Lab logos. Uh, I'll, I'm going to sign and number them. Um, and it's only through DCBS that you Oh, yeah, I'm super excited. Cameron and I, we go way, way back to the special ed days, too. So, um, you know, I see him maybe once a year uh, at the retailer summits and stuff, and it's always a good time. Um, but, yeah, I contacted him because I wanted, I wanted something unique for them. I wanted something that people could, you know, hang on their wall or, or you know, when they read the book, have something to take home like a lobby card. So I, I thought it was a cool thing. And I'm still going through my art gallery here. I have back a 2008 gnome sketch card you got when I uh, pre-ordered my issue through DCBS. So, yeah, you guys do go way back. Yo, wow. Wow. You, you and I, man, I, I feel like I, I got to buy you a dinner. Jesus Christ. Uh, I, yeah, okay. What kind are you going to dinner. next? What? Where are you going to be? <laughs> where, well, shit, where am I going to be? I'm going to be in Emerald City uh, for sure. Yeah. Um, after that, I'm going to go visit uh, Peter's people in Puerto Rico. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be um, at San Diego for sure. Okay. Jeez, I, you know, it's it's rough. I, I have a con a month, but it, it really is, uh, you know, I'm, I'm terrible. I could just open my own website and figure out where I'm going. If I didn't post it on my own website, I swear I would not remember where I'm headed. Um how about C2E2, maybe? C2E2, huh? Huh? Please? Huh? huh? Um, you know what? I have yet to go to C2E2, but my, my company, Action Lab, is always there, and they're always threatening uh, to fly me out to that one, so most likely, <laughs> yes. So, yeah, February is Long Beach. March is Emerald City. March is Oak City in North Carolina. I'm in Texas in May for a, a horror convention, that which is going to be awesome. I know you thought I said horror convention, but I'm not the type of guy anymore. <laughs> that would be awesome. I'm married. Um, and then San Diego, San Francisco, and most likely New York. So, yeah, that's, that's my con schedule. I'm trying my best to not uh, overcommit because I know uh, last-minute Action Lab stuff kind of comes first, so I need to be wide open for that. So I don't, I don't really go to shows as myself anymore. I, I go as the company. Okay. But, uh, but that's always fun. You know, it's always fun to meet uh, the fans of all of the stuff that we do. We, you know, the, we have a huge all-ages fan base, um, you know, and, and this book – uh, was right on the cusp of being an action lab proper book, but I, you know, I like my my, my four letter words and, uh, yes. and my blood and guts and stuff. So um, I wanted to put this one firmly in the in the fan base. I think is going to appreciate the the old school action stuff. You yes, know? it is a mature reader's book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not it's not too mature. It's not no. it's not zombie <laughs> tramp, uh, but it is definitely <laughs> not princeless. So right, you know, yeah. Well, yeah, now, it's a danger zone, man. Uh, is there anything else as the marketing man you want you want to pimp for uh, the Action Lab line of comics? Sure. Well, you know, I mean, in um, in the, the catalog this month is uh, P 
Peach and the Isle of Monsters by Franco and Agnes. That book's going to be awesome. Um, it's a it's a one shot. Uh, we're hoping to launch a series of books out of it, uh, but it's a self contained story uh, from Eisner winner uh, Franco, who's a sweetheart of a man. Yes, he um, is. We're working with Peter David on a book called Artful, which is awesome. I mean, really, really cool. Um, Brian, uh, our CEO, is is friends with with Peter. They became friends uh, at a con, and uh, and we've been itching to work with Peter. So we're working on Artful with him. Um, Cougar and Cubs in there, which is also another awesome uh, mature reader book. Um, and Voracious is, is awesome. I don't know if you guys have read Voracious, but it's crazy. Um, if you haven't, I, I'll, I'll send them to you. It's it's the best book. The it, like the fact like every retailer that I talk to is like, ah, th- why isn't this an image book? And I was like, well, fuck you, man, <laughs> because we're because we're awesome, okay? But yeah, Voracious is a good. Um, it's a story about a about a, a, a chef who failed in New York and went went back to his hometown and discovers that his uncle. Um, a time machine so he goes back in time to uh kill the tastiest of all meats he kills dinosaurs and then serves them up in his diner and he becomes this overnight celebrity uh not not because anyone knows what the meat is but just because it tastes so good um and then in volume two which is coming out i believe the first issue just came out last week uh we find out that he's not been traveling back in time he's been traveling to a parallel like the past of a parallel universe so now you've got dinosaurs in the future coming back out why or across the multiverse to figure out why their um their ancestors are dying so it's it's a lot of fun it's crazy good Um, yeah yeah that high marks man and then of course tomboy which is uh a book that uh, is wrapping up in the next two months uh, well, not the next two months, but February or March when these books come out. Um, tour de force stuff. It, it's amazing. Yeah, I, I, I cannot. Uh, uh, I can't believe we. I get to. I get to have my eyes on these books, bef- like well before they come out. And if I have any hand in helping them come out, man, I'm I'm, I'm grateful to be there to do it. That is awesome, Dave. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. Oh man, yeah, yeah. We're excited. We're we, like I said. Um, wait, wait for next month when you see Amer Karate. It's going to be, it's going to knock you on your asses. It's so good. Awesome. Well, now, where can people find out more about uh, Infinite 7 as well as Action Lab? And even Mr. Dave DeWanch. Oh, you, you could just at Dave DeWanch me over on Twitter and find out all of the things I'm eating for dinner and <laughs> also all of the things I'm drinking for breakfast. Ah! I don't even know if that's... Uh, yeah, that's a thing. Um, <laughs> And uh, so, so yeah, there. You know, you could find me on Facebook, or you could just go to actionlabcomics.com. Uh, my website's outofmymind.co, uh, which is just kind of like my little personal uh, place to call home. Uh, but yeah, yeah, Twitter's Twitter's the the most amusing place uh, for you to track me down. <laughs> Excellent. Well, well, Dave, I just want to thank you again for all you've done for us over the years. Um, much success to you. And I uh, hope to get to San Diego's. I want that free meal, damn it. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. So, yeah, we'll go to the, we'll go to the kilt. No, yes! Yes! Oh, there you go. You got me there now. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so where are you guys going to be next? Where, where, where can I book a room um, with Action Lab so I can hang out with you guys? Well, I'm going to – the next place I'm going to be – actually, I'm going to be in Los Angeles in February for um, Gallifrey Women's Doctor Who convention. 
Oh, nice. Uh, but then I'm going to C2E2 in April. Mm-hmm. I may be going along to that. Okay. Uh, probably Heroes Con in June. Most I'm likely. Guessing. Both of us are road tripping to that again. Yes. Um, Wild Pig for Free Comic Book Day in May. <laughs> All right. Indeed, indeed. <laughs> um, and, you know, anything else that pops up in the area, but... Uh, it's tough because well, you you're, know, you're based on the West Coast. It's tough to get out there for all of us. Well, yeah, you know, I'll I'll most likely go to Heroes Con. I haven't put it on my schedule just quite yet. But, well, do it now. Uh, do it it's now. It's in the works. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, because I usually go to North Carolina or NC Comic Con, but uh, this next year we're we're planning a trip to France, so that's going to take oh. the spot of NC Comic Con, so I can actually do Heroes Con. Uh, so you'll probably see me there. Very good. Yeah, yeah, it'll be good. It'll be good times. Hopefully by then, um, I'll have some issues under my belt, and you guys can read some of the the crazy reveals that are going to come in this book. It's going to be really cool. Excellent. Well, Dave, again, thank you for joining us, and again, uh, happy nuptials, I guess. (laughs) You know, I do love a good nup. Oh, well, it's always a pleasure, guys. And, yeah, anytime you need anything, you just call me, and I'll, I'll, I'll hook you up with the Action Lab swag bags. Awesome. Fantastic. Well, Dave, awesome. Thank, you. thank you very much. And uh, oh, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year Happy to you. Happy New Year. Same to yes. you. Thanks. Thank you, Dave. Merry Christmas, guys. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Take care. All right. Later. All right, so I guess we'll just jump back into the rest of the book then. Okay. All right, so right after the Action Lab section, then Aftershock, page 254, uh, the Rough Rider series, of which I yes. know you're a fan, too. Yep, I already ordered this uh, ongoing series, uh, the new series of Rough Riders book two. I, I, I've gotten the whole first series. I enjoyed it very much. Of course, Pat Olaf, I, I very much enjoy his artwork. But the, the um, subject matter was kind of interesting. You know, uh, Teddy Roosevelt getting together a, a team, if you will, of mm-hmm. sort of well-known uh, historical figures, and, you know. Going going around, um, having an adventure, and it was really really good. And I'm looking forward to the uh, the second uh, book. Same creative team: Adam Glass writing and Pat Olaf on the art. And on the next page of the continuing, I'm still getting the Animosity series. Still uh, still digging that very much, where the pets become sentient. Very intriguing storyline. Okay, what else we got going on here? Okay. Chris mentioned the Three Stooges trade mm-hmm. paperback. On uh, page 263, there's a new Pink Panther one-shot. They don't seem to be doing regular series for any of these things at American Mythology, though. They're just doing, like, uh, random one-shots mm-hmm. as opposed to, you know, sequential numbering. So we have a uh, Pink Panther Super Pink special. <laughs> so superhero parody with the Pink Panther. And uh, from Archie Comics on page 272, they're having an ongoing. They had the last month, I think they had the solicit for a one shot of based on the Riverdale TV show that's coming out. This is actually going to be now an ongoing series so based on the Riverdale TV show, which um, I did not see, but they, they showed the pilot at Comic Con, and I guess it comes on the CW in January, so it's, it's been in the can for quite some time. Uh, I'm curious to, to see that. I've heard different things about that. I will give it a shot once it gets on the air. But now they have an ongoing series based on uh, what's going on on that TV series. I do occasionally like to check in with the uh, Simpsons comics. Looks okay. like uh, Bongo still. Right. Uh, page 288, uh, Simpsons comics number 237 is a Bartman story. So I will buy that. 
Then we get to Boom. Chris is already in, enthused over Planet of the Apes Green Lantern. <laughs> Definitely in for that. Power and I, again, one of the other variant covers there with the, the homage to the end of the movie with the, the, the Lantern Corps standing in for the Statue of Liberty. I, I like that. <laughs> Very good stuff. Of course, action figure variant. And uh, another incentive cover, Felipe Massafera doing a very convincing Alex Ross impression. Yes. Then the Dark Crystal thing, a 12-issue maxi-series set uh, some years after the original movie, uh, where apparently a new alien race on the planet Thra from the Firelings who live at the core of the planet Thra, one of them sneaks up to the surface to steal a shard of the Dark Crystal, thus recreating the Skeksis and the Mystics. And uh, the two Gelflings who have been ruling the planet for the last several years have to try and uh, maintain order. That does sound interesting, but I will probably uh, trade weight that. I'll take your word for it, because, again, I have never seen the Dark Crystal. Oh, tisk tisk tisk. Yes, I know, tisk tisk tisk. Have you seen Labyrinth? I have not seen Labyrinth. Well, see the Dark Crystal first, because I really do think it's the better of the two films. Okay. But you uh, see Jennifer Connelly in the labyrinth, though, don't you? You do. Uh, oh, but how young is she in that, though? Uh, uh, d- 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 legal. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm <laughs> That's all I needed to know. Pretty darn sure. <laughs> Sorry. She's, she's playing younger than she was. Okay. Yeah, she was supposed to be a teenager, but I'm pretty sure she was older than that. Okay. Uh, let's see. Page 299, still under boom. We finally get a Steven Universe ongoing series. Oh, okay. okay. And I do like Steven Yes, Universe. I know you do, yeah. It's the story of a young, uh, a happy young boy who happens to be a half-breed between a, a out-of-work rock musician and uh, a member of a race of alien mineral women. And uh, <laughs> Okay. Yes, it's a, very, it's a heartwarming show, and it, uh, it crosses gender boundaries. It's very uh, hetero... Uh, uh, a little queer tolerant, we'll put it that way. It's 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 sympathetic to uh, non heterosexual points of view. Okay, and it's it's, it's unusual. It, it it breaks new ground for for a, a, a cartoon show, and it, it's got a, quite a large crossover audience among uh, older viewers. And uh, Daniel Corsetto is a particular fan, as am I, for that matter. So I'm glad to see that there's an ongoing series of that in comics coming out from Boom. Oh, I nearly forgot to mark. The uh, 11th issue of the Over the Garden Wall ongoing series. That's on page 307. You have to mark your issues? Yes, I always do. Okay. Place my black mark upon it. Um, on page 315, there is a Beatles comic. Yeah, I saw that from Campfire. never heard of Campfire before. Oh, my God, that's right. It says you're released to coincide with the 50th anniversary release of Sgt. Pepper's. Holy cow, that's right. It's been almost 50 years next. It will be it 50, 50 years, years next. Go today. today. It was 50 years ago today. Holy cow, I'm old. Oh, <laughs> aren't we all? <clears throat> now, from Dynamite. Now, uh, Chris did mention the John Carter the end, but yeah, where's it? Page 327. We have to mention. Vampirol number zero is a twenty-five cent comic, mm. and of course you can get. I already ordered my copy for sixteen cent to DCBS. <laughs> Unreal, and it's written by Paul Cornell, so it doesn't yes. really matter what's between those covers. Anything he writes is definitely worth sixteen cents. <laughs> Boy, I'm sure that's right. He can't take higher praise than that. Cheap at but ten it, times the price. But I guess the question is. Does this entice readers to continue on with these series? Because I mean, I'll buy it for like a quarter. But again, you don't get it. By the time you get it, the issue is one or two already out. So we'll see. I, mean, I guess the last month was Red Sonja was a twenty-five cent comic. Mm-hmm. So I ordered that, but haven't got yet. Yet, so we'll see how that works out. 
I mean, if it's good, I'll, I'll, I'll continue on with it. You know, yeah, there's a subject for a f- future conversation, hopefully with someone a little more knowledgeable about such things than ourselves. But uh, do these uh, drastically reduced price uh, promo comics actually net in uh, more view- or more readers than that, that series would ordinarily have? Yeah, well, yeah, just in the generalist of terms, my observation is most first issues or Zero issues like this, yeah, you're going to have you know lots and lots of orders, and of course you're going to slowly lose readership as you go along. But d- does this entice people to buy the book in the first place? I don't know. We'll, we'll yeah, we'll have to send it a crew to the streets to see how that works. Seems to be working on us. You know, <laughs> even with Paul Cornell writing it, I don't care that much about Vampirella. I probably wouldn't be paying three ninety nine to read the Zero issue, but sixteen cents, yes, I will certainly. All uh, right, there's the second issue of uh, the James Robinson-written uh, James Bond Felix Leiter miniseries. Uh, page 337, we've got the trade of the Shaft Imitation of Life miniseries. I know Chris would be yes. urging people to read that. It's uh, just fine contemporary uh, blaxploitation comics, as written by David Walker, with art by Dietrich Smith. All right, uh, here's something interesting from First Second. Okay. Uh, on page 352, it's a, a graphic novel called Decelerate Blue, and it's all about uh, the well, the hectic pace that so many people's lives here in the 21st century seem to have accelerated to. Okay. Um, and it, I guess it's, it's kind of like uh, what Brian Vaughn did with Private Eye about how uh, the, the internet age has uh, destroyed the concept of privacy. Okay. So this is uh, about what happens when uh, a bunch of uh, – uh, uh, future rebels in a future society uh, decide they're going to rebel against uh, this, uh, you know, the breakneck pace of contemporary living by uh, just uh, living their lives at a slower pace and the consequences of their uh, uh, decision to do that. So that's uh, that's that's. that's uh, I often feel like I'm being uh, pushed along, and I'm sure you have too, especially at this time of year. Yes, your work schedule and uh, the nature of your work being what it is. You know? Uh, if uh, it's if uh, taking a few minutes to slow down and decompress is actually an act of rebellion, then uh, <laughs> enlist me. Yes, fight the power. <laughs> Take a coffee break. I see on page three sixty-five, Joe Books continues to exploit their relationship with Disney. To uh, they're putting out a Toy Story comic. First two issues are solicited here, but there's no creative team and no hint at what the content is going to be. Wow, yeah, how about that? (laughs) Yeah, I'm not sure if this is just going to reprint some of the old stuff that uh, Boom put out back in the days when they had the Disney license, or or if it's just – if it's going to be a completely new series. It's solicited, but uh, we we don't really know very much about it at this point. Yeah, that's, that's very odd. See something like that solicited. Yeah, if we knew a little more about it, I probably would pre-order it. Yeah. But uh, I think I may just uh, hold off as it is. Um, well, in passing, well, let's, as, as usual, throw a, me- a mention to uh, Tomorrow's and their back issue. Oh, yes. Magazine. Uh, that's uh, issue number 95 coming out in February. And uh, the theme is Creatures of the Night. <laughs> Such magazines they make. <laughs> uh, so we got a Moon Knight cover here. So we got uh, Doug Monk and uh, Bill Sienkiewicz in a pro-to-pro interview. Uh, some Bronze Age uh, spookables happening. Ooh, Eclipso in the Bronze Age. Yeah, really. Uh, Ghost Rider, Night Nurse, and uh, the Copper Age Eye Vampire. Uh-huh. Uh, okay, interviews with Mike W. Barr. Um, 
Bob Budiansky, J.M. DeMatteis, Roger Stern, Dave Simons, Tom Sutton, who I kind of thought was dead. I wonder if it's a, like an archived interview. But anyway, it's uh, like Bronze and Copper Age uh, horror sort of thing. And uh, yeah, the Bronze Age Eclipso feature sounds interesting, yeah. certainly. Being uh, one of uh, both of our favorite characters. Yeah. I think he was uh, repurposed as a Green Lantern villain for a while. There. That's right. Uh, I mean, some of the, I think the Dave Gibbons um, run, I think he was in. And I'm sure he fought the Middlemen at some point, too. That's correct, towards the end of that. Yeah, I, I'm lo- trying to think what issues I have of it, because I always bought it. I think I bought all his appearances. <laughs> Knowing you, you probably have most of his Bronze Age appearances, if I not have all of his, them. I have, a, I have all of his Silver Age appearances as well. Uh, oh, uh, page 428, speaking of support Norton, um, <laughs> this is one series that I've, I've, I've gotten every issue of. Uh, the Adventures of Archer and Armstrong, number 12, written by our friend Rafer Roberts of Plastic Farm and uh, drawn by our other friend Mike Norton. Um, it's uh, well, it, uh, That series is apparently coming to a close. It's been uh, kind of a fun, wacky ride. Wow. Really? Oh, okay. Huh. Yep, 12 and out. All right. But I, I like the, the little blurb at the end of the bottom of the page here. Rafer Roberts is one of the most effortlessly entertaining writers in comics today. It's a very nice quote. Mm-hmm. Thus spake uh, graphic policy, yes. whatever graphic policy is. And on page 429, we've got the trade of the Britannia miniseries that Chris and I have liked so much. Written by Peter Milligan, art by Juan Jose Rip. It's a detective story sent in the ancient Roman times in what was then the Roman colony of the British Isles. There's demon worship, and there's also forensics. It's <laughs> interesting combination. Mm-hmm. And uh, the artwork is uh, very, very well done. So Chris and I both recommend that. Um, okay, then, uh, I guess getting into the, uh, back pages here. Yeah, did anything catch you right in the back of the book? The, uh, the backpack. Oh, uh, yes, the backpack. <laughs> uh, cu- cu- couple of things. Sure. Um, uh, let's see, there's, uh, somebody uh, wrote a book about, uh, the evolution of the, of superhero comics in the United Kingdom. It's called The British Superhero. That's on page 448. That same page, there's a critical study, an appreciation and overview, as the author calls it, of Chris Claremont's 17-year run on Uncanny X-Men, forward by our old friend and academician Jeff Clock. Ah, uh, yes. So it's called The Best There Is at What He Does, Examining Chris Claremont's X-Men. And uh, there was another sort of uh, work of uh, pop criticism in here someplace that I'd wanted to call it. To. I, oh, here we go. It was on page 452, Fascist Lizards from Outer Space, Kenneth Johnson's V. Oh, my goodness. Written by Dan Kopp. So this is uh, – okay. Oh, it is hmm. – okay. This book examines V's cultural impact and considers the future of the franchise. So I guess it's going to look at all the different iterations, including including that uh, short-lived ABC uh, revival from a few years oh, ago. Oh, that's right. Yes. Yep. And I'm, I'm, I think that's all I've got to say, though, about uh, the, the stuff in the back. Yeah, I mean, because there's all kinds of T-shirts and toys and cards mm-hmm. and games. I don't really get into that too much. But, yeah, uh, me neither. All right. Well, you want to um, remind our listeners of your off-the-rack choices Be from delighted. this uh, book? Okay. So our... Uh, DC pick for the month of February is The Wild Storm, number one, by Warren Ellis. Uh, from Marvel, the pick is Darth Maul, number one of five. And uh, the indie pick is from Dark Horse. It's called The Visitor, How and Why He Stayed, number one of five, by Mike Mignola, Chris Roberson, and Paul Grist. All right. 
Well, that'll wrap it up for this episode. And once again, this episode was brought to you by Discount's Comic Book Service. Go to DCBService.com for all your pre-ordering needs. Hi, I'm Shane. <laughs> uh, if you'd like to send us an email, uh, the address is comicgeekspeak at gmail.com. Uh, if you'd like to uh, leave a voicemail, the number is 267-702-6642. You can like us on Facebook. You can follow us on Twitter. The handle is at comicgeekspeak. Uh, we encourage you to stop by thecomicforums.vanillaforums.com, uh, which is sort of our web headquarters where you can uh, leave posts on uh, the uh, eventual talkback thread about this episode to comment on various remarks that we've made and uh, sound off about uh, comics that we've mentioned that we're excited about in this issue of previews and that uh, maybe share what you're excited about from this same issue yourself. Um, we'd like to thank everyone who's donated to the show uh, in the recent or distant past. We really appreciate it and we can't do the show without you. And as usual... Oops, sorry. I jumped the gun there, sir. Sorry. <laughs> and as usual, we are uniting the world's mightiest heroes it's... one listener at a time. Sorry. <laughs> Laser beam.